Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, it's God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea, Chris, and Amber again today. Um, and we're Amber signed. Fisher, by the way. Amber Fisher. <laughs> Not another Amber. <laughs> Only Just the because one. we've had to do that last couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> we we have, make sure we get our Amber straight. Yep. We have two Ambers on staff. We have two Heathers on staff. We have lots of multiples on staff. There's a bunch of Ryans, too. That's what there's not two of. They're, they're Chris the, and Chelsea. Chris and Chelsea. <laughs> the Jeroboams of oh, our there's worship Chris. staff. Chris Heller. Ambers are the Jeroboams. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's confusing. Jeroboam. Ahab's, you don't want to be Ahab. Jeroboam 1 or Jeroboam 2. You don't want to be either Jeroboam. Don't say be Jeroboam 2. <laughs> I just feel like neither would be fine. I can stay with Amber and be fine with it. Just be Amber. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Wow, that was unplanned. <laughs> that's, that's a good turn. <laughs> we got some biblical humor for you guys. <laughs> um, what stood out to you guys today in the reading? Uh, something that stuck out to me was in the last couple of days we've been talking about how we're constantly going back to Egypt. The Israelites constantly going back to Egypt, like thinking about going back to Egypt and thinking about, oh, it must have been so much better there. We need to rely on them. And they make this treaty. And the idea is that everything is going to be great because Egypt is thriving and they want to thrive as well. And the protection of Egypt would be wonderful. But it's constantly showing up here in this passage that going back to Egypt will never work out, that it's just not <laughs> going to do well. Um, yeah, so that's really interesting to see that Egypt will eventually fall and what that looks like. Yeah, and we constantly see that, I mean, here's Hezekiah, who is ruling at this time. He is a good king, but what does he do when the most powerful nation in the world starts to come up on his territory? He's like, uh, guys, uh, Egypt, yes, that's yeah. what we got to well, do. Well, he probably does what most of us would naturally want to do, yeah. like yep. not turn to God. Go to what is comfortable. Yeah. Actually, a couple of the verses, uh, the way that it said it, I thought was so good. In chapter Isaiah 30, verse 15, it says, This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and comfort, confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, no, we will go get our help from Egypt. <laughs> they will give us horses and all and all of this kind of thing. And it's just, we're like, have we seen this before? I mean, maybe just once or twice, right? Once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> so anyway, one of the things we were wondering is like, okay, so we're not running to like another nation for an alliance in our personal life. Right. But like, what's our Egypt? What is that thing that we run to when we should be running to God? That we run to in times of trial or discomfort, like, you know, what are what's Egypt? What are those things that we trust in outside of trusting in God? Yeah, if, if it's something that's like in times of, um, I'll, I'll say like discomfort or like, um, I look for th- like I look for things that will numb me, and so for me that is like scrolling. I scroll, mm-hmm. and when I like when. I catch myself the first thing in the morning when I do is scroll or the last thing I do at night is scroll. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be my first response to things. It's like, I want to like, I just want to turn off whatever my mind is thinking about. Um, and that's probably my, that's probably my Egypt that I go to. <laughs> hmm. Well, yeah. And I think too, it's easy to, um, but yeah, that's such a big thing for our generation. It's just mm-hmm. constantly being on there, but the control of, uh, like, 
being able to control your money and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really something that's easy to go back to. Oh, well, if I just have a little bit more, if I just work like a little bit harder, then I'll have my life under control and everything will fall into place. And I feel like that's such an easy thing to do when in reality, you just got to trust God. Hmm. It, it's the simplest of messages when we know it. Mm. We know, oh, man, when I, I got to lean in, I got to trust God, but it's it's almost like not quite human nature. Like we have to constantly do that remembering thing right. to return. And I sometimes wonder like, like if I had to explain this to somebody who wasn't a Christian, I actually don't know how I would explain it. Like how, like how would you say, like what does it look like to trust God mm-hmm. instead of running to those things? Cause it, like being responsible with your money is good. Right. But like, and social media isn't a bad thing. Um, but I don't well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just like, well, maybe I should go back. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I work in on a daily right. basis. Like I'm right. constantly making content that people are probably scrolling the same the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it can be used well and I think, you know, there's advertising things. But you're right. And when that's the reliance, when that's the thing that like you said, turning numb, not going not turning to God when we know that that is the thing that's going to yeah. be the solid rock. I think sometimes too, like even if you think about like in times of change when it makes us all nervous or like maybe we do see the news headlines and we're like getting a little nervous about what's going on in the world. We also, we want to go back to something familiar. We want to go back to something we know. And I think that's kind of like what Egypt can represent too is like that fear of the unknown, even if it wasn't necessarily a good thing or a perfect thing, like we just want to go back. I mean, how many times do we hear like, man, if we could just, the world was just the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, the world wasn't that great back then, but we kind of forget that. <laughs> yeah. You like romanticize it. And, yeah. Yeah. And we, we kind of, we go back to those, those kind of things, which is sometimes our Egypt. Yeah. And I mean, I guess sometimes too, it could be just habits that are sin. Like mm-hmm. if I'm feeling nervous about something, like I, I'm, there are definitely some sinful habits that I would go back to naturally, um, to try and like control the situation, mm. um, where in reality it's like, I, if I, if there's anything I'm learning, it's like, I am not in control. <laughs> there's just, I have zero control over anything. Um, as I'm reading through the Bible that God's sovereignty is on full display. Um, and what my responsibility is, is holiness and becoming more like him. And I think that's a good reminder to us as we're going through this, like, how do we see ourselves in Israel? How do we see ourselves uh, in these passages that this isn't just written, it is written hundreds of years ago, but it applies to us today because they were people just like we are people. And as we're, they're tempted to go back to what was comfortable, so are we. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the midst of judgment, in the midst of all these prophecies of Israel's going to be judged and Assyria's going to be judged, you know, there's application for us mm-hmm. even today. Isaiah 30, beginning in verse 1. What sorrow awaits my rebellious children, says the Lord. You make plans that are contrary to mine. You make alliances not directed by my spirit, thus piling up your sins. For without consulting me, you have gone down to Egypt for help. You have put your trust in Pharaoh's protection. You have tried to hide in his shade, but by trusting Pharaoh, you will be humiliated. And by depending on him, you will be disgraced. For though his power extends to Zoan and his officials have arrived in Hanes, all who trust in him will be ashamed. 
He will not help you. Instead, he will disgrace you. This message came to me concerning the animals in the Negev. The caravan moved slowly across the terrible desert to Egypt. Donkeys weighed down with riches and camels loaded with treasure, all to pay for Egypt's protection. They traveled through the wilderness in a place of lionesses and lions, a place where vipers and poisonous snakes live. All this in Egypt will give you nothing in return. Egypt's promises are worthless. Therefore, I call her Rahab, the harmless dragon. Now go and write down these words. Write them in a book. They will stand until the end of time as a witness that these people are stubborn rebels who refuse to pay attention to the Lord's instructions. They tell the seers, stop seeing visions. They tell the prophets, don't tell us what is right. Tell us nice things. Tell us lies. Forget all this gloom. Get off your narrow path. Stop telling us about your Holy One of Israel. This is the reply of the Holy One of Israel. Because you despise what I tell you and trust instead in oppression and lies, calamity will come upon you suddenly, like a bulging wall that bursts and falls. In an instant, it will collapse and come crashing down. You'll be smashed like a piece of pottery, shattered so completely that there won't be a piece big enough to carry coals from a fireplace or a little water from the well. This is what the Sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says, Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength, but you would have none of it. You said, No, we will get our help from Egypt. They will give us swift horses for riding into battle. But the only swiftness you are going to see is the swiftness of your enemies chasing you. One of them will chase a thousand of you. Five of them will make all of you flee. You will be left like a lonely flagpole on a hill or a tattered banner on a distant mountaintop. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. He will be gracious if you ask for help. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he'll be with you still to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and your precious gold images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, good riddance. Then the Lord will bless you with rain at planting time. There will be a wonderful harvest and plenty of pasture land for your livestock. The oxen and donkeys that till the ground will eat good grain. It's chaff blown away by the wind. In that day, when your enemies are slaughtered and the towers fall, there will be streams of water flowing down every mountain and hill. The moon will be as bright as the sun, and the sun will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven days in one. So it will be when the Lord begins to heal his people and cure the wounds he gave them. Look, the Lord is coming from far away, burning with anger, surrounded by thick rising smoke. His lips are filled with fury. His words consume like fire. His hot breath pours out like a flood up to the neck of his enemies. He will sift out the proud nations for destruction. He will bridle them and lead them away to ruin. But the people of God will sing a song of joy, like the songs of the holy festivals. You'll be filled with joy as when a flutist leads a group of pilgrims to Jerusalem, the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will make his majestic voice heard. He will display the strength of his mighty arm. It will descend with devouring flames, with cloud bursts, thunderstorms, and huge hailstones. At the Lord's command, the Assyrians will be shattered. He will strike them down with his royal scepter. And as the Lord strikes them with his rod of punishment, his people will celebrate with tambourines and harps. Lifting his mighty arm, he will fight the Assyrians. Topheth, the place of burning, has long been ready for the Assyrian king. This pyre is piled high with wood. The breath of the Lord, like fire from a volcano, will set it ablaze. 
What sorrow awaits those who look to Egypt for help, trusting their horses, chariots, and charioteers, and depending on the strength of human armies, instead of looking to the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. In his wisdom, the Lord will send great disaster. He will not change his mind. He will rise against the wicked and against their helpers. For these Egyptians are mere humans, not God. Their horses are puny flesh, not mighty spirits. When the Lord raises his fist against them, those who help will stumble, and those who are being helped will fall. They will all fall down and die together. But this is what the Lord has told me. When a strong young lion stands growling over a sheep that is killed, it is not frightened by the shouts and noise of a whole crowd of shepherds. In the same way, the Lord of heaven's armies will come down and fight on Mount Zion. The Lord of heaven's armies will hover over Jerusalem and protect it like a bird protecting its nest. He will defend and save the city. He will pass over it and rescue it. Though you are such a wicked rebels, my people, come and return to the Lord. I know the glorious day will come when each of you will throw away the gold idols and silver images your sinful hands have made. The Assyrians will be destroyed, but not by the swords of men. The sword of God will strike them, and they will panic and flee. The strong young Assyrians will be taken taken away as captives. Even the strongest will quake with terror, and princes will flee when they see your battle flag, says the Lord, whose fire burns in Zion, whose flame blazes from Jerusalem. Look, a righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert, and the shadow of great rocks in a parched land. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth, and everyone whose ears will be able to hear it. Even hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Those who stammer will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes. Scoundrels will not be respected, for fools speak foolishness and make evil plans." They practice ungodliness and they spread false teachings about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of scoundrels are evil. They plot crooked schemes. They lie to convict the poor, even when the cause of the poor is just. But the generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Listen, you women who lie around in ease. Listen to me. You who are so smug, in a short time, just a little more than a year, you careless ones will suddenly begin to care, for your fruit crops will fail and the harvest will never take place. Tremble, you women of ease, throw off your complacency, strip off your pretty clothes and put on burlap to show your grief. Beat your breasts in sorrow for your bountiful farms and your fruitful grapevines, for your land will be overgrown with thorns and briars. Your joyful homes and happy towns will be gone. The palace and the city will be deserted. The busy towns will be empty. Wild donkeys will frolic and flocks will graze in an empty forts and watchtowers, until at last the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field, and the fertile fields will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness, and the righteous in the fertile righteousness in the fertile field. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety, quietly at home. They will be at rest. Even if the forest should be destroyed and the city torn down, the Lord will greatly bless his people. Wherever they plant seeds, bountiful crops will spring up. Their cattle and donkeys will graze freely. What sorrow awaits you, Assyrians, who have destroyed others, but have never been destroyed yourselves. You betray others, but you have never been betrayed. When you are done destroying, you will be destroyed. But when you are done betraying, you will be betrayed. But Lord, be merciful to us, for we have waited for you, for our strong arm each day and our salvation in time of trouble. The enemy runs at the sound of your voice. When you stand up, the nations flee. Just as caterpillars and locusts strip the fields and vines, so the fallen army of Assyria will be stripped. Though the Lord is great and lives in heavens, he will make Jerusalem his home of justice and righteousness. 
In that day he will be your sure foundation, providing a rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. But now your brave warriors will weep in public. Your ambassadors of peace cry in bitter disappointment. Your roads are deserted and no one travels them anymore. The Assyrians have broken their peace tree and care nothing for the promises they made before witnesses. They have no respect for anyone. The land of Israel wilts in mourning. Lebanon withers with shame. The plain of Sharon is now a wilderness. Bashan and Karim will have been plundered. But the Lord says, now I will stand up. Now I will show my power and might. You Assyrians produce nothing but dry grass and stubble. Your own breath will turn to fire and consume you. Your people will be burned up completely like thorn bushes, cut down and tossed in a fire. Listen to what I have done, you nations far away. And you, you who are near, acknowledge my might. The sinners in Jerusalem shake with fear. Terror seizes the godless. Who can live with this devouring fire, they cry. Who can survive this all-consuming fire? Those who are honest and fair, who refuse to profit by fraud, who stay away from bribes, who refuse to listen to those who plot murder, who shut their eyes to all enticement to do wrong. These are the ones who will dwell on high. The rocks of the mountains will be their fortress. Food will be supplied to them, and they will have water in abundance. Your eyes will see the king in all his splendor, and you will see a land that stretches into the distance. You will think back to this time of terror, asking, where are the Assyrian officers who counted our towers? Where are the bookkeepers who recorded the plunder taken from our fallen city? You will no longer see these fierce, violent people with their strange, unknown language. Instead, you will see Zion as a place of holy festivals. You will see Jerusalem, a city quiet and secure. You will, it will be like a tent whose ropes are taut, whose stakes are firmly fixed. The Lord will be our... The, our mighty one. He will be like a wide river of protection that no enemy can cross, that no enemy ship can sail upon. For the Lord is our judge, our laurel giver, and our king. He will care for us and save us. The enemy's sails hang loose on broken masts with useless tackle. Their treasures will be divided by the people of God. Even the lame will take their share. The people of Israel will no longer say we are sick and helpless, for the Lord will forgive their sins. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.